0: Good morning. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the book of Acts chapter 16 beginning with verse 9. During the night Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in the city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira, and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. This is the word of God for the people of God.
1: Let us pray. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each one of our hearts be holy and pleasing to you, that through your words for us this day, we would know and grow more in your love, in your son's name we pray, amen. I invite you to take out your notes page there as we get our time started this morning. If you are joining us online, uh, there is a link to our sermon notes if you want to open that and follow along. As always, you have the scripture this week again, yet again, you have the entirety of the scripture that was read for us this morning, as well as you have a little bit of white space again. I think I'm being a little bit too generous to you all by giving you all this white space to take your own notes on. How exciting that you all have that space. No, uh, if, if you desire to, to maybe jot down your own thoughts that you take from this sermon, please feel free to use that white space or any space anywhere else on your bulletin to, to take with you what you need to take with you for your own devotional time or to help share this message with others. <clears throat> you know, I've often been accused before of maybe being a little too critical of the church. And I have to say that, it's really because I love the church, that sometimes I'm critical of it. I love what God is trying to do. I I love what God is seeking to build in the community and in the kingdom that is the church, that is the body of Christ. Friends, I love the church, but friends, the church is imperfect. My critique is never meant to be one of hating the church, but I think it expresses the love that I have, that I want the church to be perfect. And thereby, I notice things that we as a community can work on. So now you may be wondering, Pastor, where are you going with this? Because you read a verse about a woman named Lydia today. (laughs) But as I reflected on this scripture, my mind immediately went to and thought that as a church we could do a better job about raising up leaders, about instilling within the hearts and spirits of all who come into the midst of this community that they can and have a place to lead in this community, to teach our communities that leadership is not a box that you fit into, but it is a calling that God places upon our lives. This is an honest reflection about what God call, about who God calls us to be and how we can be community, better, together. And that begins with how we train, build, and transform leaders within our midst. And it even continues with who we invite along that journey. Now, I chose to speak about women in the Bible because I think as we've lifted up, we see that women in Scripture present for us a good study in biblical diversity. Because they exist and they lead in a time where their leadership may not have been something that was looked favorably upon. And especially in these eight women that we have looked at, we have seen examples of women who have stood up for their faith as individuals and through their leadership have helped to build what God is trying to do. And it shows us as a church, no matter what gender identity we identify with, no matter what role we seek to play in the church, it shows us that we not only have a place to be in a church, but that we have a place to stand up for our faith and to lead the church. And so what I'm saying is, church, I think we can do better. And I think it's a passage like this in the book of Acts that teaches us this reality. Because for this time and for this biblical period, Lydia is not your prototypical leader. She is not your Peter. She is not your Paul. She is not your James. She is not your John. She is Lydia. And she brings a completely different skill set, a completely different offering of gifts that will produce great fruits of the Spirit, as we will see. But because of Paul and Timothy's ability to recognize within her a willingness of heart and spirit to not just listen to God, but to be an active leading disciple in the church. They create an opportunity for this community to grow beyond anything they could have ever imagined. I mean, imagine if Paul and Timothy decided not to listen to Lydia because she was a woman. Or imagine if because of her place in society, they decided that they needed to talk to her husband before they baptized her. No, instead, we have Lydia, a strong, brave, courageous, passionate woman whose love for God brought her not only to the waters of baptism, but to be a leader in one of the biggest Christian communities in biblical times. The image of leadership we gain from Lydia is one of humble adoration and fierce determination as she seeks to guide others and show her own faith. And these are leadership qualities that we latch onto today as we seek to do the work of God in our community. And yet, oftentimes, we try and create a box of what leadership in the church looks like. We often try and say, you have to look like this, you have to act like this, you have to do this certain type of thing in order to lead in the church. But we neglect to remember That as disciples of Christ, we are all leaders. We all bring different gifts of the Spirit in. And as a community, we are called to lift up the gifts of the Spirit that are present in others. And so we look at Lydia as an example of leadership, as an example of allowing people to lead in the way that God calls them. And it teaches us these two lessons of recognizing our own spiritual gifts. So that we may feel comfortable leading. And also lifting up the spiritual gifts of others. So that they may be comfortable leading as well. And so we start here with who is Lydia? Who is Lydia? And why can she claim this sort of title as early church leader? And so here I want us uh, to look there at verse 14. If you have your pencil or you have something to write with. I want you to underline verse 14 because this is where we get a description of who Lydia is, all, all, in the, all in the space of one verse. We see and read, Lydia, or sorry, we'll start with the beginning of that verse, Acts fourteen, Acts, uh, 16, 14, a certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. All right, so who was Lydia? So let's begin to define who Lydia was. First of all, Lydia was a woman. Lydia was a woman in biblical times. She is in her gender. She is not attached to any sort of man in this scripture. We don't know why. We don't know if she had a husband. We don't know if she had family who she was associated with. But she is identified solely on her She is identified not just as a woman, she's identified as a worshiper of God. And so here's what we can know and understand about that. She believed in God. That is the sense of the one true God of of the Jewish faith. But because of where she lived, she is believed to be a Gentile worshiper of God. So she is not a familial bloodline Jewish person from the tribes of Jerusalem. She is someone who People would identify as sort of a Gentile God-fearer, a Gentile God-believer, but she believes in God. And this plays a role because this is something that brings her, that entices her into this situation with Paul and Timothy. She is from Thyatira. Where is Thyatira? Thyatira is in... All right, let me... um, let me see. All right. So we have the ancient world. Y'all can still hear me, right? Okay. So we have the ancient world right here. So here is the land of Israel, right? And Judah down here. And up here is is modern-day Turkey. Thyatira is in this western part of Turkey. But she's living in Philippi, which so we've got Turkey here and then we've got Greece that kind of comes this way. Philippi is up here uh, right there in that northern part of Greece. Right on, um, right on the water. And it is a trading post. It is a big base for the Roman Empire because it is a port. It, it's right on the port and it has great value in trading routes, which leads us to our last part. She is a dealer in purple cloth. Now you all may be thinking to yourselves, man, like she only deals in one color? Only one color? Like, like we, we, we don't have people who deal in one color these days. We have people who deal in multiple colors these days. I have a friend who dyes yarn, and they're just all sorts of different. No, this woman was a dealer in one color, just the color purple. Why the color purple? Because purple was expensive. The color purple was expensive. That's why you see purple only being worn by, say, people of royalty or people with great means and wealth. Purple was an expensive color. It was. It came from a certain um, dye that you dyed the cloth with, and it was. An, it was not only expensive to buy, but it was an expensive process to make these purple-colored cloths. And so Lydia, being defined as a dealer in purple cloth, is known then as a leader, someone who is of great wealth and value in society, as well as a leader in society, because her place as a dealer of purple cloth would have given her connections not just to royalty, but to the other wealthy people in society. And so Lydia would have had great wealth, would have had great power, would have had great recognition within society at large. This becomes important because understanding who Lydia is shows us why she becomes such an important and vital figure. Lydia has this relationship with God that we see because of some nature of Jewish faith that she's connected to in her life. And we see this man named Paul saying that it that within her in this time, she becomes so led by the Spirit to listen to Paul and to be led to the waters of baptism. That it transforms not just her, but it transforms her entire household. Now, when we read household in New Testament Scripture, it's not just like, A household is not just like me, my wife, and my kids. No, a household is like me, my wife, my kids, her parents, my parents, all of our friends, all of our cousins, like that is a household. And because Lydia is wealthy, we can probably understand that she had a big house. And so not only are we baptizing Lydia's family, but we're baptizing anybody who helps and serves in Lydia's house. And come to see that Lydia is not just leading her household to the waters of baptism, but, she, that, but that she truly leads her community to these waters as well. We see Lydia get to work for God. She takes this initiative, and, in, and then, after having been baptized, invites Paul and Timothy to come to her house. Again, probably a big house. And friends, this is part of the beginning of the church in Philippi. That's right. That book of Philippians that we have in our New Testament canon. This is the beginning of the church in Philippi. It begins with the leadership of this one woman being so convicted by the Spirit to not just be baptized, but to take the initiative to lead both within her house and within her community to invite Paul and Timothy to come to their house, to teach them what it means to lead for these, their people. And we are told that, and we are told in this passage, she prevailed upon us. She prevailed upon us. I think these are the four most crucial words that are written and recorded about the church in Acts. Because we do get this fledgling nature of this Philippi church And in that, we are told how much conviction there was to have this leadership. Now, we don't don't hear of Lydia in the book of Philippians. I promise you, because when I was doing my research, I went back and read the book, and, and Lydia's not in there. But that does not mean that she is not a crucial and vital part of that community as it is being built, as Paul and Timothy are seeking to do things. Because she took ownership of what was happening in her community. And as we hear from Scripture, she prevailed upon Paul and Timothy. Prevailed, often translated otherwise as persuaded, constrained, compelled, urged. I love the way the message put it. We hesitated, but she wouldn't take no for an answer. How many of these people know these kinds of leaders in our churches? Right? We need these leaders. We need these leaders who help to lead and guide us along. Now, what did Lydia do? Well, we don't really know the specifics. But for me, all that matters is that she led. She took the initiative to give space. We can understand, based on her stature in society, that she probably bankrolled this church. We can also understand and probably surmise that she preached, that she taught That she served. She compelled upon Paul and Timothy in a way that fostered growth both for her and for them. Think about the leadership that that she offered to this community. All begun with the waters of baptism and the conviction of the Spirit. And all because Paul And Timothy, in their teaching and leading in the Spirit, empowered her to do such. For us to embark on a journey of what it means to live as baptized baptized persons, our baptism pushes upon us the initiative to find a place within our church community. Friends, faith is not just Sitting idly by and doing nothing. Faith is not just sitting and worshiping. Faith is not just coming to Bible study. Faith is being an active participant in the life and in the community in the name of and for God. You see, God has so much planned for each and every one of us, and someone like Lydia shows us this reality. It's brief. Right, really, really, if we look at it, the impact of Lydia in this passage is only two verses. I really include the rest because I wanted to kind of situate us in the story. But when we are open to God's calling to flow forth from our community, we recognize the good that people can bring into our communities when we, when we invite them to come alongside. Part of answering our baptismal call is knowing, recognizing, and understanding our spiritual gifts. And part, and, and part of our understanding of living within Christian community is lifting up the gifts of others to be a complete community. We all have different gifts. We all have ways in which we can serve. I do not define someone else's gifts, but I can help to lift them up to recognize their gifts and to give and show them where they can serve in God's kingdom. You may have gifts for speaking. You may have gifts for teaching. You may have, friends, you may have gifts for organizing. And if you have gifts for organizing, please call me. Because I got an office that, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Friends, we all have different gifts. We all have different abilities that we can bring into the life of the church. And it is up to the church, the church that exists, and the persons who are already leading in the church to foster those gifts and those who are coming in. And to give others the space to lead themselves. Leading in the church is not one way, it doesn't fit into a box. You are not more of a leader because you do something in one respect. I am not more of a leader because I am your pastor. We are all leading together as a community. We all have different roles and tasks, and God places within each of us. Lydia and her whole family are baptized. And once they are baptized, it it falls upon them to begin to understand how they will live out their baptism. How they will live out their baptism, both in their church community and in the greater community. And we have this same wrestling in our lives as well. We must be willing to embark on that adventure, to be part of that deep, discerning understanding of what it means to be leaders in our church community. And then also to lift up other leaders. This is the twofold nature of this passage. Because as we look and as we see the way this passage unfolds, we see both of these natures. We see the way in which Lydia is lifted up as a leader, and we see the way in which Paul and Timothy foster leadership through her and allow her to lead, allow her and give her the space to do what God is calling her to do, so that as she comes and leads the church, she fosters new leadership within the church that helps to build God's kingdom. We must show and embody for folks that not only are they welcome in this space, not only are they welcome to come through that door and worship with us, but friends, they are welcome to come and to be a part and to lead in this community in whatever ways God is placing upon their hearts to do so. And in our role, we must be willing to walk with them, to unpack, to be a part of their faith journey. We get this amazing example in the birth of the the community here in Philippi of what it looks like both to be called and to help others understand their calling. And so we do this twofold. We do this by living into our own calling. right? What is God calling you to do? How is God calling you to lead? And friends, if you need to talk with someone about that, I'm always here. My phone's on. I may not, I can't promise I will always answer it, but like if you leave me a voicemail, I'll get back to you pretty quickly. I promise. You have friends who are sitting next to you in these pews. You have a community to help you unpack that calling from God. And then you have the other side. The side that becomes so much more, and so much more beyond your own calling but you have the calling of others right what spiritual gifts do we see and know in others how can we help to unpack those spiritual gifts in a genuine and authentic way we don't attach biases to spiritual gifts we allow god to fill from us to help to unpack these things and how do we encourage these people to lead in the church and in the community This is how we live into the perfect embodiment of God's kingdom. And this is how we continue to grow as a church. By both leading and encouraging others. Amen.